Welcome to that So Retrograde. Hello. It's the first So Retrograde in May. It's gonna be May. That's a documentary reference for those of you paying attention. What is? There's a doc about um, the Met Ball, Met Gala, called the first Monday in May. Oh. Nobody knew that, so thanks for clarifying. No problem. <laughs> We're here with Doc Rex for you. Yeah, no we problem. Are. I Always. was actually thinking about how that's like basically been my rose for the last like few months is just things I'm watching. Things we're watching. Yeah. Well, what else is there to do it's other fun. than sit and look at stuff? So true. Wellness, you guys. So look, here we are. We're back. I'm excited. It's half almost halfway through the year. It is. Yeah. We're in the it's, fifth month. It's my half birthday on Thursday. <laughs> Happy almost half birthday. Thanks. Nobody celebrates their half birthday. They should. I have a couple of friends who have May 3rd as their birthday, and I, I feel like mm-hmm. it bonds us because we're like opposite twins. And it makes me happy. That is really special. Thank you. So how are you doing? What's going on? Um, I am doing wonderful. Uh-huh. I'm very excited to report that we are have a new home. We do. Here we are at Dear Media Studios. In West Hollywood. Oh, wow. We've relocated from the beaches of Venice, from the, from the west banks of Los Angeles. <laughs> right into the central beauty and um overlooking a bus depot and home adjacent to both of us well, which is yes. makes life a lot easier here in los angeles yes i love driving it. is hard thanks for having us dear media and to those of you driving and listening to us right now hello hello um another exciting bit what we've got a new jingle oh yes i would love to give love to emma scott and her boyfriend, David. No last name. He's the Madonna of boyfriends. The Madonna. Aren't they all, though? No boyfriends need last names. I wouldn't know. Um, You will, though. Real soon. <laughs> that is a prophecy. Um, Let's just play the jingle, get into the segment, Wait, and go from there. Before we play it, let's also say thank you. Thank you. For being so cute and so sweet and taking the time to make this for us. And it's stuck in my head. I love it. Okay, now you can play it, Ray. Give me the weekend wellness, please. Health stats and celebrities. Better pop rules and home remedies. Where pop culture and wellness come together. <laughs> I honestly want to cry. It's so cute. Give me a weekend wellness, wellness please. Um, <laughs> it has like yes. a little bit of like a show tune kind of like. <sighs> shoulder shimmy vibe yeah i love it so much thank you emma and david wow ask and the universe shall provide it's true we are just abundant if we can teach you anything it is that my friends now what's your weekend wellness topic you said something you you said something and then you you wrote look it up is that not here anymore that's not here anymore okay i didn't have time to research it but essentially there was a gentleman um i invite all of you to look it up because it's very interesting vice did a thing about it um there was a gentleman who basically was like went rogue and was trying to find cures for different diseases such as like herpes and AIDS and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he ended up dying in a cryo tank. Stop. I want to laugh. It's not funny, but I'm going to. But on. I don't have <laughs> enough like information to go deeper. Did he did. Was he spending too much time in the tank? I, do, I know no nothing. Questions. I know right, nothing. We'll follow up on this later. This is but this it, is feels fake we, news. it feels weak and wellnessy, but like also worthy of a deep dive that we can't really provide because we've got loads of show to do. OK, so then I'm just going to cut to my weekend wellness, which I feel like is it a weekend wellness? Is it a thorn? We don't know. Elizabeth didn't even want to talk about this, but I, I said we can't not talk about this. She said, Steph, everyone's talking about this. And I said, you know what? You're right. But we're going to have a different point of view because we're coming at it from a spiritual perspective. So guys, 
Kanye. <laughs> easy. Easy. Be easy, though. Keep it easy. Turn the mic off, Kanye. Okay, here's the thing. We were on Jackie Schimmel's podcast last week, The Bitch Bible, which you guys should check out because prior to our interview, she rehashes her interview with Cardi B from last year in which she talks about butt injections, which was right. fucking amazing, which is also the plot of the show, part of the plot of one of the storylines in She's Gotta Have It, the Spike Lee remake of Oh. His movie, which is a great television show that I'd recommend you watching on Netflix. You're jumping all around, but I'm following but it's you. All connected. <laughs> okay. It's all connected. So we talked about the Kanye thing on Jackie's show. Yes. And that was right before he, that was when he was just like dumping Tweeting. tweets about like love and acceptance. And I was like, I'm on board. Yes. Kanye's woke. He's like understanding that we need to unify and we need to change the narrative from being against one another to coming together as a whole human race. Then we were on that show. The new tweets started rolling in. It was like it was a live experience of suddenly he drops a tweet about wearing a MAGA hat, drops a tweet about Trump and him being dragon blood brothers which same which i don't really know what that i'm more of a falcon than a dragon but whatever animal suits you i'm on board with it okay then you know then it's 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 that then he goes back to the love thing and i look when he's talking about not hating trump and understanding that we're all coming from the same place i love that i think that's like a spiritual revelation and a truth and a part of the narrative that we aren't having enough in culture and that's why like something like i love you america and sarah's show is so incredible because it's taking people with a differing point of view and bringing them together to realize that we're more alike than we think i really do get like triggered when someone when when people are like trump oh and like we have so much anger and aggression around it like i do think that's bad i don't think that's good for us to like we're not going to get through the problem by just like rejecting and hating him agree not that i'm a fan i'm just saying like we have to look at him as a human and have compassion for like the entire world view of it all absolutely but then kanye goes on i on tmz which is like what in the fuck like hilarious that that's like the news source is it because it's like the easiest one to get onto is it the most immediate but can i just side on the tmz thing for a second which popped up for me as i watched the thing in full yes what's odd to me is like tmz is the one who broke like the tristan cheating scenario yeah and like constantly is kind of going after that family in like a really salacious way and so then to then see them have a direct line which obviously it makes sense because that's how things work nowadays but to see like harvey levin like and kanye kind of in cahoots which may i remind you harvey did that hour special that was on fox news during the election with trump which trump harvey was the only one who was allowed to do the interview with trump if you remember so weird so weird so like there's all these dots being connected that i'm like side-eyeing and a little um just taking at face value but also thinking there's probably like a lot more deeper situation yeah because it doesn't really make sense as to why he would go there first that's besides the point right honestly i mean that's part of that was just like a side like tinge i was like weird that this like they're ruining this family in one sense and then also like giving them a platform to speak their truth by the way like this is so stupid you don't need a special platform like you're kanye west you have millions of twitter followers you could literally turn on your phone and go live and say like whatever the fuck that you want to say you don't need to like go anywhere to like have this conversation if you have opinions and you have things you want to say like you have a phone it's weird that you would need a special media outlet 
at all. Like you don't need that. You are your own outlet. Anyways, he here's the part where it's like so retrograde can come in handy. Do tell. He's up there wiling out about telling people the reason why he was unwell is because he got liposuction because he didn't want the world to think he was fat because of all their judgments and he's on opioids and he's on pills and he's everyone's mind controlled. And it's like in all of his insanity, he's speaking true things, which is so why he's so problematic because you want to like cherry pick the truth of what he's saying where it is true people aren't fucking thinking for themselves people aren't trying to feel things deeply people are putting band-aids on their emotional experience and on their critical thinking abilities and their intellectual experience with drugs and medium and all this shit like it's a fact what he's saying but then he like if he would just stop at that yeah we'd be okay but then you can't continue on like slavery is a choice and like my my body image problems are because of you and like i'm a victim it's like kanye are you a victim or or are you empowered Mm. which one is it also like say those things in a way where we can follow you and that are 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 like a formative sentence and then i can be like yes sir i am on board i understand i can follow you i think it's just like not it's not a clear thought it doesn't make any fucking sense can I say another thing? Why are you asking me was, to continue? No, 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 no. I mean, I just, no, this is like no. OT. <laughs> I like take OT her mic a little away. bit. Um, my whole thing just in general with TMZ is I think their languaging around women's bi- bodies is extremely, extremely detrimental to our culture. They're monsters. I was shocked to see how many women were in that newsroom. Yeah, I mean. It was honestly like blew my mind because I think I, I try not to visit the site because of how they language about appearance but um i always thought it was just like a bunch of gross men and i've seen the tv show a little bit so i know that women do work there but to kind of see it in real time like all these women at the desk i was like oh well would love to hear from them i think it's a it's a it's a self-hating perpetual perpetualizing narrative that it makes sense there's to me. nothing i hate more when i see a celebrity headline and it's like so and so showing off their beach body it's like nope they're walking on the beach yeah they're not showing it off it's like so and so showing off their body after baby it's like shut yeah I can't. no it's flaunting gross. so here's my flaunting my, denim. my call to action <laughs> flaunting denim lol Same. no one does that <laughs> no but my thing with kanye is just like and then we can move on from this but yeah. i have very mixed feelings and i feel like on one hand i want us to really glean the positivity from what he's saying which is that we need to like lean more into love and Mm -hmm. not be like continuously dividing and really like think critically about the things that we don't like and the things that we do like and how can we like come together but also buddy do you need a healer because we've got a (laughs) lot we've got some we've got many like it seems like he's just generally confused yeah like the hemispheres of his brain are like one's making a left and one's making a right like and they need to merge also read a book that's like we're all together and then it, he just like wasn't able to like he regurgitate like, the information he like watched from- wild wild country <laughs> and then read an osho book and then twi- got it twisted in his dark twisted fantasy of a mind full on yeah anyways we can wellness i mean we're gonna stay I, tuned right with that. i also think that you know we talk about this like sometimes when artists become um so famous like it happens often with comedians like they lose touch and then they don't become funny right i almost feel like kanye needs content to talk about so he's going to the extreme so he can like 
put out a new album right that, well, that is relevant it's like what that, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case it's like what the guy in the newsroom said to him he's like i actually think i never thought i'd be rooting for a tmz reporter <laughs> but like, he was great he was, was so like, smart hey, and so sir. true and then he said he's like you you are a rich rapper like you have the you have the luxury of having these opinions because you're outside of the struggle of being marginalized because you're wealthy and famous and it's like that's so fucking true (sighs) wow i'm just concerned i think he's like maybe on a mixture of pills and like just generally and then it's like my favorite part of everything is like Kanye's wiling and kim's like check out my new makeup line on instagram and it's like they just ignore i love how those women just ignore the debauchery of their men like and continuously like post to their app it's feminism baby (laughs) okay so new (gasps) new part of week in wellness yeah questions from our listeners let's open it up we got a great one so if you guys want to contribute to this segment, mm-hmm. just send us an email. That's the retrograde at gmail.com. Uh, subject line week in wellness. And we'll we'll get you in here if we can. Uh, one of our awesome listeners asked, how do I keep smoking but stop eating like an obese woman every time I get high? So we need oh. a question. And I think this is a great, great question because I myself used to fall victim to the munchies real hard. I'm curious what your answer is because I already have my own okay, answer. Okay, so a few things one is i if generally if i smoke it's always like a nighttime treat like a few like a few hits at night um so i always try to make sure i've eaten dinner before that happens and therefore i life hack not eat dinner, eat dinner. <laughs> new thing i've realized um don't go into it hungry mm-hmm. is the first thing mm-hmm. and then actually was with ryan weiss when we got this question and he likes to smoke before like a yoga class so he says smoke before an activity Uh uh-huh agree so then there's that what's yours mine is that you have a lot of healthy food in your house that's great so if you get hungry which is totally cool like get hungry go to town but don't have food in your house that after you eat it it's gonna make you feel like shit exactly like if you have like chopped veggies and and like dips and hummuses and like dried fruit or regular fruit and almond butters and like things that like will satiate you but also be good for you then you can go forth with your munching ass self and then at the end of it, feel fine. Like set yourself up for success. I love to eat like a ha- I have this tiny bowl in my house that's like my snack bowl, and I love to fill it up with a half macadamia nuts and a half freeze dried strawberries from Trader Joe's. Post hold thirty, live your life. It's stuff. so good. Macadamia nuts are like maybe my number one whole thirty discovery of just joy. Of, those they're are like the expensive ones, huh? They're I don't give a fuck. They're buttery treats, and I'm on board. I love that. So I would say stock your house with treats that you'll feel good about eating. That's great. That's so my, pretty much my hack. Let us know. What do you guys think? Yeah. Also, I had a halo top for the first time last night. I'm not a halo top girl. Oh, my God. Justine had it because it's it's vegan and she's vegan. I'm one of our friends. And uh, hot damn, that shit was Tastes good. It's too like saccharine to me. I didn't taste saccharine at all. I don't like that fake sugar taste. I don't think it is fake sugar. Isn't there stevia in it? I don't know. Or something. It well, has that I, like I like chemical. I mean, people love Halo Top. This is just a personal so thing. Good. I don't want to But I've also that was the, my first the fine folks at Halo Top, but for me it just like doesn't vibe with my taste buds. Not my first, my second sugar since after being off whole 30. We my first one was at camped out when I had two pieces of Hershey's chocolate and I was like eating it so slow. I was like Mm, mm. and some girl was like you're like orgasming i'm like you don't understand how good chocolate is after you've not had it for a month yeah and a half it's like i'll let you know oh elizabeth is day three day that's it mm-hmm. 
Day three, y'all. Stay tuned. Okay, let's get to this let's awesome get, interview. We're going to, in the spirit of the retrograde in which we recorded this mm-hmm. back last month. We're, we're revisiting. Going, we're revisiting an interview we did with Busy Gold. Um, it's a great convo. We'll just jump right in. Yeah. I think and it's perfectly in line with everything we're doing right now. Enjoy. Bye. So today on the show, we have someone who we uh, have been in conversation with for a little while. I've been really excited to have her on. Um, She has been called the millennial voice of personal development. Now, I thought that's what we were called. So I'm a little bit um, confused, but excited. Um, You are so amazing. You've done so much stuff. You're a businesswoman, a spiritual coach, and it's just awesome to have you here thank you for coming you guys it's busy gold welcome to the show busy thanks y'all happy Founder to be here of the break method and booty yoga and i'm sure like 10 other things i i do some things you've been in the game for a minute <laughs> i've been in the game for a minute yeah. golden golden ratio is probably the other big one and it's a paleo line of supplements oh, oh. yeah interesting are you Super paleo juicy. i am yeah i got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease when i was 23 mm-hmm. and i've been grain free dairy free ever since just to Get over it. First question: yes. Where do you dine in Los Angeles when you're here visiting? Ooh. Based on those restrictions. Well, I have some favorite spots. Okay. I do love the restaurant, the Mondrian, where I'm staying. Cool. Um, I tend to stick toward Japanese food. It's definitely mm. my favorite. I'm a big sushi person, but, but rice obviously free. no rice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also speak a little bit of Japanese, so usually I can get the sushi chefs to kind of back off because usually they get really upset if you try to modify. Totally. If they're like, you know, if you say you don't want rice, they look down at you like. So what's the preferred Japanese spot? Um, I mean, obviously I love Nobu. Nobu's great. Yeah, they have a great happy hour too. They do. I used to live in Malibu and the Nobu (laughs) in Malibu is definitely my fave. Um, But here, definitely Nobu is probably my favorite. Nishimura used to be my favorite, but I sadly found out that they're not there anymore. Oh. They were right by the PDC actually on Melrose. Can we recommend Hugo's? Yes. You need to go there. Where is it? It's, it's um, down the street. Right around here. And on it's Santa like Monica. a true California diner in that like. Oh, the one on Santa Monica. Yeah. Yeah. I used to eat breakfast there all the time. Yeah. So good. Yes. Really, absolutely. really good for anyone who's like has any type of food dietary allergies. restrictions or allergies. Mm-hmm. My um, aunt who's celiac, she will only eat there because she trusts the kitchen that they won't like. Cross-contaminate. Cross-contaminate? I like cross-taminate. Cross-taminating. Anyway. Well, no one's relating to this at this point. I know. I'm like, tell us about our own city and where we should be eating. Um, But I love love someone else's perspective, especially if they have, like, specificity in what they're doing. So, And I'm on Whole30 right now, so it's been interesting. Oh, sweet. And how long have we been doing it? Five days. And I had four days. (laughs) And I had had sashimi the other night with nothing on it. Because you can't have oh. soy sauce, so there's like a wasabi and a lemon squeeze. Can you do like coconut aminos yeah, or something like that? That's not like at the. Re- I would have to bring that in my. Right, bag. I, they actually have coconut aminos packets now. The single packets. Ooh, not so that you want to be that person me. that's like, hold on, let me reach into my purse I'm and grab my that. coconut aminos. Did you aminos, see the giant bag of vitamins? I just I did. Yeah, I saw yeah. it. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah they have the single packs because I give them to my kids with their school lunch. Oh, that's so smart. Okay, that's a hot tip. It is. Love yeah, it. hot tip. Coconut yeah. amino. Yeah, it kind of is though. Like it's delicious. Yeah, yeah, I love those. And really, uh, the other one, not that some people can't do soy, and obviously you're on that not doing soy, but yeah. when you're doing grain-free, dairy-free, using soy paper instead of seaweed, if you're not doing the rice, actually helps the sushi stay together. Oh, stay together, mm-hmm. right, because seaweed kind of requires so I rice. do that with my kids sometimes. We Is your whole family grain-free, dairy-free? Everybody, yep. Even my Canadian, very masculine husband. Wow. Who wanted to fight me on it in the beginning, and then... 
he lost a bunch of weight and was like, holy shit, I got a <laughs> six pack all the time now. So now he's totally on board. Yeah. It's been years. It'll do that. Yeah, It'll definitely absolutely. do that. And it's definitely, my son has been grain-free, dairy-free his entire life, like start to finish. Not that he's, he's alive, mm-hmm. alive and well, he's four. <laughs> um, but he's just super intelligent, emotionally intelligent, ripped, good energy and it's worked really well for him he really important i'll show you guys a picture he's 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 a little athlete he's he's crazy he's a great athlete obviously joking guys so Um, you're here in la i want to i i know you as we said we you do many things but you have a pop-up that's happening down the way here which is pretty exciting it looked beautiful i did a little a light instagram stock checked it out it looked totally fine with me (laughs) Yeah, it came together. We have uh, an amazing art director named Gina Lynn that came up with the concept. We work really closely together, and I've always been really good at looking at things and saying that looks good or bad. I'm very opinionated in that way, but she's amazing at kind of bringing my vision to life, Mm -hmm. and it turned out to be everything that I thought it was going to be and more, and we installed it in six hours. But it was like a whole team going 100 for six hours, but... We all got splinters. We all got like shards of metal in and around our hands and feet, but it was all worth, worth it. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the breakthrough method. Break, Break method. method. You know what? Four breakthroughs. Yeah, it Maybe? gives you. Yeah, totally. You have a breakthrough. Is that a tagline? I don't know. She's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a pin in that one. Yeah, I'll yeah. revisit it's that. Not, it's not the tagline. Right. It's not, not the tagline. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what that is. Break Method right now is an online program that consists of three months of lecture content, webinars, small groups where you're working at a you know more individual level with a facilitator. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's not, just depends on the time slot. Um, and it is specifically meant to help you identify your patterns of emotional addiction that were hardwired into your brain during childhood. For most people, it happens between the ages of 8 and 15. Some people, the event that actually starts that patterning is younger. We always get to the bottom of it. And once you actually know what those patterns are, we give you tools to actually break free of the emotional addiction so that you can start living your life by design, not default. By your own design. And that is the actual tagline. Mm, cool. I love that. I have a question about this because I feel like a lot of the methods and the work we do as adults on a path is like reprogramming systems that have been put in place since childhood. True story. So what's up with, as you, you're a mom of two, so those of us who are like parlaying into like a conscious realm of parenting. Mm-hmm. Are try- you? No, I'm just saying uh. in general, like I feel like, you know, this next generation of children like if all of our listeners are having kids, like they're going to be conscious of Not their own experience. Shit. But like, so it's something that I'm really passionate about. Right. The program. So is so, that a thing? Like, can uh, we? Oh, I have a whole lecture series called Break Style Parenting. OK, so that's something that we do at the end of the course. So once people have, you know, kind of worked through and identified what their issues are, how they're manifesting and they're not manifesting in like the spiritual way, but like actually coming to life in their present, uh, then we actually help them look through that same childhood lens of what happened to them so that they can look at some of their reflect on some of their behavior as parents up to this point. Mm-hmm. I always tell people all the time because often people want to bring their brain back to that guilt and shame spiral, which is really not productive. I tell people all the time, it's like one of the least transformative, productive emotions that exists in the emotional spectrum. Mm. So when people come into the program, obviously, and it's one of the things I say at the beginning of the break lectures, like raise your hand if you have kids and, you know, 
most people in the audience raise their hand. I'm like, okay, raise your hand if you've already fucked up your kids. And there are people that are like kind of looking around like, is anybody else going to raise their hand? And I'm like, everybody up. Everyone's already fucked up their kids. It's just until you know what you're doing and you're able to step back and look at it from a different perspective, like you've you've done it. I've done it. Until I started to do this work, I didn't have the same perspective that I do now. So really what you're doing when you're shifting to break style parenting is you're parenting for the child you're trying to create as an adult instead of in the moment. And people are so huh. reactive that you have to be really forward thinking about what that turns into when it augments and when it takes a left turn if you start to do it to your child and then their teacher reinforces that what does that look like 20 years from now I always parent to my future child instead of in that moment is reactive and it's something that becomes easier when you do break because then you're not emotionally responding all the time which is what we, we teach you how to rewire your emotional response with logic and intuition so what's an ex- I really want to talk about that but what's an example of the like the moment of identifying like oh this is going to be a time when I'm about to create a pattern that's going to get stuck in there forever like is it something where your kid does something and you're like no and you yell at them or like what are the identifying markers of like consciousness okay I mean this one's like kind of a graphic one but I feel like it's something that I mean all parents at some point have to deal with like kids start kind of trying to explore with their sexuality at an early age and a lot of times how they get caught by the parent causes a permanent sexual issue yeah like really permanent I've yeah. dealt with it with 50 year old clients that remember that one day that they didn't even know what they were doing they were trying to take a nap and the parent was like what are you doing like you know stop doing that immediately and treat them like they're doing something that's horrifying right that causes permanent damage it really does Fully, yeah so and this is something that actually happened to me with my child and I'm sure when Sarai's older if she ever hears this podcast she's gonna be like mom you're done yeah. I can't even believe you <laughs> talked about this but she'll be fine um, I don't this, think she'll be course, able to find this when she's of right, the age. She'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. she's the fine. internet's going to be so muddied with so much by then. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. gonna this be will, Google this can't will, handle it. This will have its day and then it will die. Yeah. <laughs> so this happened, of course, as it does with all children, eventually with my husband and I. And when I found out how he had handled it, I immediately was like, shit, wish I had had this conversation with you about this earlier. Mm-hmm. But he does tend to be more of the reactive type. And he's... He's grown in leaps and bounds. I'm not talking smack about my hubs because he's amazing and he's changed so much. But this was one of those moments where I was like, shit, I should have had this conversation with you preemptively because he definitely did some damage and she was really freaked out. She, you know, got all in her head and you could tell that she was like always afraid and didn't really know what she was doing. So I took it upon myself to sit down with both of them and I was like, hey, Sarai, Daddy got caught off guard and he didn't know how to handle that situation. And he was there with me and he was like, I'm, he apologized and he was like, you weren't doing anything wrong next time. Instead of it being, I'm punishing you for what you were doing down there. It was, I asked you to take a nap and it's time to take a nap. So sometimes redirecting whatever it is that you're trying to get them to stop and not focusing on that piece of it and instead being like, you're not doing anything wrong but I'm asking you to do X, Y, Z and you're not in trouble and it's totally okay. That one communication can change everything. And what I mean by that is that if you leave something unchecked in a child and they don't have the context or framework to talk about it with somebody else, that gets part of their brain programming and they form a belief about that and it keeps augmenting and growing. And next thing you know, that is it turns into like a 30 year old that doesn't even know how to be sexually expressive with their boyfriend you know and they don't know why they're so shut down they just get scared all the time so I, I watched that in one of your lectures where you said that like children 
just because they don't have the language to communicate the, the experience doesn't mean that, that they they're don't not taking in the experience. And I just think that's so incredible to think about. I played that one for my daughter. My daughter, by the way, has cerebral palsy, so she doesn't actually talk. She talks in sign language, but she can hear everything. And she watched that lecture, lecture started crying, and she's just sitting there going like this, like fist pumping. And I was like, you like that? And she was just like, she was just like, I love you so much. Thank you. She was like, I, because she realized that I understood. Right. She, you, she, kids feel things in so much like great depth. And it's one of the initial in trying to merge my husband's parenting style with mine because my daughter was from a previous marriage and then he has older kids. So we had to kind of, you know, merge our parenting styles, which I know is something that happens with people all the time. You know, you don't do things exactly like your partner. That's probably why you're in partnership. And for us, he came into it with this kind of belief that kids had memories like dogs. Like, he even said this straight up to me. Like, well, he's not going to remember that. And I'm like, wait a second. I work with 50-year-olds that remember the first time that they got, you know, punished or spanked for wetting the bed that is causing damage. from. Like, they do remember. They're not dogs. So that's something that we've had to really reconcile. And for um working with kids and everything it's you have to again treat that instance as a a time that will last forever and it will grow and change and if they don't have the ability to talk about it with you and or with you even leading the conversation because sometimes they don't understand what's even going on it gives them a chance to create a new belief that's more expansive that gives them a much better outcome i really love the idea and what am i take away from your experience is that like even if in the moment it wasn't handled in a place that like is completely conscious or like aligned with how you would have wanted to be handled, you can always go back. Always. And like reprogram it and like shape the reshape the conversation. That feels- At the end of the break parenting lecture that I give, you know, sometimes we've got people in there that have grown children, you know, their children are in their forties and they're sitting there bawling crying, like I did all the damage and now it's gonna happen to their grandkids and etc. So one of the things that's really important to note is that you can change anything. It doesn't matter how long it's been happening. You might have a 40-year-old child that you're you're just needing to have one conversation, which is really just reconciling your two differing perceptions, right? So that's one of the main things that I think happens with children and parents is that if whatever the child is saying activates the parent in a way where they're like, why would you think I would do something? Or they come from a defensive place. Their conflicting perceptions of reality make the child have to be like, well, either mom's right or I'm right. So one of us is right and one of us is wrong. And then one of them has to be a liar in that scenario. So teaching children, even in that understanding that perception of reality is completely subjective and there is no what I would call like the God replay, right? You know, Mm -hmm. if we could all just be like having a situation and then stop, hit the God replay and be like, hold on, let's roll that tape back. We all would have seen it completely differently and we'd be like, oh, that's scary (laughs) that that could be so off. So when you actually start to teach your kids that perception of reality is skewed and it is subjective and we all see through a completely different lens, you can actually get kids to be more open to communicating with you instead of shutting down because they feel like they can't have a voice because it makes you have to be wrong where they have to feel guilty for having their experience. And one of the uh, ways that I usually explain it is imagine a kid, you know, crossing over into the Magic Kingdom in Disneyland, right? They're like three or four years old. They're seeing all their favorite characters for the first time and they're just, you know, enamored with everything. And they start to walk toward their favorite character and their mom's like, okay, I'm going to hang back. I don't want to ruin this moment. I don't want to be like all up in the mix. But I can see her. So the child's playing with, you know, let's say Minnie Mouse. 
having this glorious time. The mom's, like, right there. But then the kid turns around. It just so happens, like, a bunch of tourists just started to walk across the bridge. They might turn around and be like, oh, my God, mom's gone. I'm lost, right? And what's really important to remember is that, number one, a child's perception of time is completely different than ours, and I'm sure we'll get into it when we get weird, but time and our experience of time has to do with our, like, gravity's pull of our mass on the Earth, which makes sense that kids would be like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you're like, bitch, it's been five minutes. Like, please (laughs) stop asking me. Right? So the child turns around. They perceive that they were lost at Disneyland. So they finally find their mom, and it feels like it's been an hour, and their mom's like, oh, my God, stop it. I was right there. You're totally fine. And just basically takes their reality, and they're like, squash it. Don't trust your perception of reality more because you're wrong. I would never do that to you. I'm not a bad mom, right? It becomes about this like defensive, I would never let that happen to you. I was right there. Instead of the alternative break style parenting where you can be like, I'm so sorry. I was right behind this group of people. I was trying to let you have your moment and I'm sorry that you felt that way. And instead of just squashing their perception because then they stop trusting themselves. If it just becomes about my experience doesn't match with yours, then they start wondering, like, am I taking crazy pills? And little by little, it chips away even at their confidence. So, and the other thing that's the most important thing with break is that when people come in, you know, many of us have had these moments in time where, you know, we had one experience and then an uncle or a dad or whatever had a different experience and we got into a fight about it and maybe have, like, gone separate ways. You're only chemically patterned emotionally with what you perceive happens to you. So the God replay or anybody else's version of it actually has no bearing, even if it is in fact closer to reality, it has no bearing on your body on the chemical level. So I always tell people that when they come in, when we're actually reconciling a lot of this data to figure out what's happened and what is potentially going to happen if we leave this unchecked, only your perception is what influences this. And everyone else's version of it cannot stop you from moving forward, even if you might have been seeing it through a, a skewed skewed point of view. And I think people get so caught up in like, well, but my mom said that didn't happen. And you kind of like shove that piece of the story to the side or like, no, but dad said it wasn't like that. And then little by little, our entire self is compartmentalized into all these things that somebody else told us we were wrong or somebody else told us it wasn't quite like that. And then little by little, you lose your self-confidence and your sense of self. And you make it really impossible to actually move forward as a you know, sovereign, integrated human being. It's just crazy that like most people become parents before they've ever done like any of this kind of work on themselves. And so through the process of like this kind of parenting, it's it's yes, it's about your child, but it's also like so much just about you and realizing like your own personal damage response system. So you talk about the emotional versus the logic and intuition. Yes, ma'am. And it's like a cool chart. It's this triangle. Okay. Yeah. So there's these, some tattoos of triangles. Yeah, I, it's funny. I've gotten to that point where I think two of my brands now, multiple people have part of the branding tattooed on yeah, them. Yeah, I think that's important. And it wasn't something that I tried to it just. You don't have to walk around with a PowerPoint presentation. You can You're just because like, it's 1995. You don't need a part. No, <laughs> you can just be like, this is it and show your wrist. Yeah. Love so that. we call it the Eli triangle. Okay. Right. So E is emotion, logic is the L and then Mm -hmm. I, intuition. So most people have two to three very highly patterned autopilot emotional responses. They come from things that happen repetitively in childhood. And often these are the type of thing where what we were just talking about, where the child is kind of left to their own devices, how they're going to reconcile this thing they don't understand and it's happening repetitively. So they kind of 
you know, for lack of a better word, like jump to a conclusion and then they operate as if that conclusion is just a rule forevermore, right? Right. Um, so what happens in the program is we help people isolate what we call the source emotion and we formulate a source emotion hypothesis and then we project it out into a bunch of different things to see if it holds true, to see if that's really the faulty programming that we're working with. So once we do that, we teach people how to rewire those two to three very highly patterned autopilot responses and teach them how their body's responding during that emotional reaction and teach them how to go instead up to logic by building kind of a a logical set of evidence to disprove why their brain's faulty belief is firing so they can be like, no, this, even though it's always felt true and I may have collected evidence throughout my adulthood to like reinforce it, it's not actually objective true I've been doing this to myself so it pulls you out of your reptilian brain into your prefrontal cortex by going to logic and for a lot of people it will stop the emotional response even before going to intuition right so just by moving your brain power to your prefrontal cortex you're shutting down that you know possibly anxiety response fear response so I already start to feel different by actually going through those logical questions and then you go and down to intuition and you kind of match like what is my gut feeling now that I've gotten myself out of that heated emotional reactive place now what is my what does my gut say because once you start to break through some of those fear patterns and what we call source beliefs then intuition really starts to come into play in a way that is much more clear and objective than it would have been before because I think everybody knows that sometimes fear and intuition weave themselves together in a kind of terrible way Do you find that people have a resistance to like disengaging with their emotional um, response? Because I feel like that's many people's sort of uh, the way that they define themselves. Okay, you you hit on a few things that I think are awesome. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for being so good at asking questions. No problem. You make this totally easier for me. Okay, so I think you hit on a couple things. So one of the things is I think people really identifying strongly with their victimhood and yeah. their, their pain, right? Right. And I think it's something that unfortunately the media in this country has really tapped into. I think it's unfortunately what's happened a lot in the self-help world and even like Instagram yogis, right? Everything's very much huh. like, <laughs> what's I mean, that? I could go off on that Just right kidding. now oh real quick. <laughs> I know. That's, that's some next level shit. Yeah. Which is why every time like I've gone to see agents, they're like, so what does your Instagram following look like? And I'm like, I'd, I just lost my confidence in you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So when you look at like this kind of embracing of our wounds, right? I wrote a a blog post on breakmethod.com called The Five Stages of Healing an Emotional Wound. And I think when we look back at past generations, we can see very clearly that like our parents and grandparents, they weren't allowed to express emotional pain, right? For fear of, you know, disrupting like our cultural ties or like people in our geographic region don't act like that people in our family don't act like that right so there's this like well it's hide not it. about being happy it's about getting shit done yeah getting shit done right so there's no time for pain like yeah. just stuff that down yeah our people don't do that whatever their people is yeah. right so there's also Pretty this much like all people basically it's like Across all cultures, that's the pervasive it's true. I mean, it, I think the way it works is it's actually across all groups. Anybody yeah. that perceives themselves to be a group that is somehow different and has pride in how they're different, that's when shit goes bad. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah. So when we look at some of those things, I think, you know, 
we've actually shifted from this hiding phase, which I think happened before us. And I feel like we've gotten stuck in this bonding around our wounds phase for a really long time. Mm. Right? Where now it's like, hey, we don't have to hide anymore. And it's like, I'm fucked up. You're fucked up. This is great. Let's grab a bottle We're of wine and crap, You know? <laughs> and then you have these, like, women's circles that are just like, do you want to share? Do you need some tissues? You know? <laughs> like, let's just... I just feel like everyone will feel better if we just share right now. But what is the... What's the purpose there? What is the like productive nature of what you are talking about? Because there has to be the next step, right? Yeah, we talked about this recently of like getting stuck in your own conversation, like Absolutely. stuck in the tra- trauma of the conversation. And it's very hard to move past that. It's obviously important to verbalize it so you can move. I think that's obviously a stage of moving through it. Totally. But then. But then what happens next, you know? Yeah. So and I think right now that I know break for sure serves this purpose. It's this kind of bridge or transition to self-accountability and self-awareness. Because really an emotional wound is a signal to your brain that something is hurt and damaged, right? And you wouldn't break your elbow and then walk around your life and be like, oh, I can't do that broken elbow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm, no, I'm. this is just the way I am. I've got this broken elbow. It's just not healing itself. Just broken elbow. And you just talk about your fucking broken elbow all the time. Use it as an excuse to be the victim of your fucking broken elbow. That's but you so do nothing funny. to heal your broken elbow. <laughs> yeah. But if you then take that onto an emotional wound, why would you be like, hmm? Victim of sexual abuse, you know, I'm just, I I bow out. I can't ever get past this because it's happened to me, right. right? Which, that's not to take away from the pain of what's happened to people. I've had people be sexually abused in cults for 20 years. I've had a client that was literally kept in a box by her father. Jesus. I've had all of the things you could possibly imagine. And it's not to take away from somebody's pain, but one of the main things that we talk about in Break is that Really, the the problem, what's holding you back is your story. How your story is created in your head, it holds a lot of diagnostic keys for me to see how it got there and what is fire, misfiring in your brain that's making you perceive reality in a certain way and make certain decisions. But your self-reporting is skewed. Humans are storytellers and the narrative that comes out of your mouth is full of completely fucking useless data. So I actually developed a program that we call Directed Storytelling that actually pulls out use very useful data. And it pulls it out in a way where you don't know what I'm pulling and why. So you can't lie to me. You huh. don't know why and how I'm going to use it. But then I show you after it's all out there and when you can't run from it. And I think one of the coolest testimonials that I saw was somebody that said, you know, I've, I've paid for all these self-help programs. I've done all this coaching. And this is the one program that I can't get my lies through busy there's just there's no way she's like and she's like I realized that I was actually like trying to lie my way through this like can I pull one over on you so that I can prove that nobody can help me I'm unfixable I'm here to tell you no one has fucking pulled one over on me not one because I I look at it I go into it assuming like you're a lovely person but there are going to be multiple times you're about to lie to me and I have to stay objective and look for those inconsistencies to help you you wouldn't have paid me So one of the things that we do in break is we teach people how to figure out what these source beliefs are, right? So for many people, it's no matter what I do, everyone always leaves me. Um, I always get abandoned. I'm not enough. I'm stupid. Mine is I have to hold it all together for everybody. And I think at an even deeper level when I was young, it was I have to hold it all together for my family. Otherwise, someone's going to die because my parents would literally like physically threaten each other all the time. Not with fists, but with words. It was always like... 
I mean, my dad's never going to listen to this, but I used to hear literally, and how terrible for a child, I won't be happy until I'm dancing on your mother's grave. And I'd be like, cool story. I'm going to I'm gonna do my best to just like hold this bridge, keep everybody together, wow. which is not a burden that a child should ever be saddled right. with, you know? But that's how repetitively these beliefs get put into our brain, you know, maybe from we have enough evidence in childhood when we can't control our scenario, we can't, we don't choose our parents, we don't choose how our parents parent, we don't choose our siblings, we don't choose what schools they force us to go to. So all of a sudden we have all this, you know, very out of control stimuli in our environment and it creates these faulty messages where if like we were actually in control of our environment, we'd be like, fuck no, fuck no, never doing that, wouldn't actually choose that. But the really unfortunate thing is that many of us don't understand how this brain patterning works, so we actually recreate the same clusterfuck over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. And that's how we actually reverse engineer it to see like, okay, this is where we got from childhood. Now let's look at these scenarios. Do you see how you've done exactly this and this and this? Because that belief, that source belief that's back there somewhere, even if you've done every affirmation, you've chanted your ass off, you've gone to meditation to try to overcome it, it's still firing. And it's because your brain is still perceiving things in your environment in a way that brings you back to that childhood source belief. And it's it does damage, y'all. God, a lot of damage. So many questions, but I want to move on to another part of your work because there's so much. Amazing. Okay, let's talk And, about- by the way, I feel like everyone... It, I don't give a shit if it's not break method. I don't care. Self-inquiry yeah. is critical. Do you- to macro level, if anyone is going to sit there and like look at the injustice that's happening in the world right now, but you haven't done anything to inquire of yourself and what's going on in your head uh you fail you just got an f (laughs) (laughs) big f what uh well i didn't want to ask because i feel like it's like can of worms but like do you find that people max out on like a talk therapy for example because that in my opinion that's just like you on a loop well absolutely and it just in the same way that this woman in my the testimonial was like no matter what i did i couldn't like outsmart you i couldn't like get my lies past you yeah In talk therapy, number one, the big issue there is that there's built-in financial codependence, right? Okay, see you next week. Oh, sorry, time's up. I tell my students all the time, I don't ever want to see you ever again except for a high five. Like, this is not going to be something where I'm like, and then wait, there's more. Wait, there's more. That financial codependence just, it already presupposes that you're going to need them forever. Or there's some like lengthy, unknown Legit. period of time. Right? That's not fair. That's not fair to the person. Not to mention, the way that's built is also emotionally codependent, right? Not just totally. financially, because you don't know how to do what they're doing if they're honestly even doing anything. And I know that there are some amazing talk therapists out there, and I'm not bashing talk therapy as a whole, because I know that there are people that do an amazing job. But I think the way that program is built it's built to fail and I think again if we look at the stages of healing an emotional wound that was great when people had to hide but people don't have to hide anymore Mm. so we don't have to be in an individual room where we're more apt to be drawn into the story and that person is gonna say okay see you next week I give people the tools to do what I do for them teach them how to do it so they can do it for themselves forevermore it's important I was only ever in talk therapy for the laughs (laughs) <laughs> I was like working out all my bits on my therapist because <laughs> I was a comedian. Um, so, okay. Selfish versus selfless versus soulish. I feel soulfish. Soulfish. Soulless. 
soul. <laughs> if we could just Hopefully. drop out of our souls, Hopefully. I feel like we would all just be happy. Um, I feel like this is like thematically really in That might happen with, when the singularity hits. I right. don't know. That'll be fucking awesome. Fucking AI intelligence. <laughs> that would be soulless. Like something that I feel was like tough for me growing up just as like a personal anecdote to this mm-hmm. kind of subject is like for me I was always like trying to be on my own tip and my mom would always be like it's selfish. And like looking back I look at her now and I look at her struggles and I see that she was saying that to me because she was never encouraged to like look at herself and enjoy herself and be in her own journey and body and mind and whatever. So anyone that was doing those things to her like posed a threat, really. Yeah, and it was, was like, just outside of her understanding. Yeah, and she was like, "That's selfish." It's like, "Be selfish." Yeah. Well, which is okay. So you framed that perfectly. Again, <laughs> you're you're awesome. Steph, you should answer ask questions. I know, right? Can for, you uh, can you interview career. me all the time? Sure, take me on the road. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Basically, what you just described, right, is um, you, I think at a young age, you just, you kind of knew at a deep core level, like, I'm not being selfish. This is like, I'm doing me and I'm in touch with who I am. And even if you're not okay with it or you don't understand it, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Which is why I even came up with the term soulfish, because I think right now in our our world, we're really taught that only two things exist. You're either selfless or selfish, right? right? You're either like all about yourself, material gain, like the physical, what I would say is more for like your human self. Yeah. More for the external external validation to show like, see, look what I have, look what I did. Versus selflessness where a lot of people I think end up falling victim to that and become a martyr and like really just do that as this way to like prove that they're worthy, right? Like I'll do everything for everybody else, even at the detriment of myself. But that's also like Judeo-Christian, like my grandma was like that, where she was like so Catholic and like once like broke down to me that she does everything for everyone else. And it was like, I was like 11 years old and I was just like, what's happening? You're like, like, that sounds terrible. Don't sign me up. But that was because she didn't understand in a different way how to not be selfless and that's because of again that group priming yeah where like she didn't know any better because that's all she was patterned with that's that from ha- the young age she be a couldn't good person so your brain when you're out looking at any stimuli or experiencing like somebody's words or body language your brain's only job is to form a definition of what that means what that means about you what that means about your interaction with that person what that means about how that shows up in your future and then once you form the belief it actually limits the data set of possibilities that won't disprove that belief Mm. it's a real faulty system okay because then you literally have blinders on because your brain is trying to avoid anything that would cause cognitive dissonance like anything that would make this untrue you're going to actually ignore it but on a subconscious level level so that's one of the things that happens here is like you know your grandma really believes that is the only data set that makes for a good human totally which is why you from the outside with a different data set you're like why would I do that I (laughs) I don't understand right but once you start to understand how brain patterning works it's it's real clear and it's really scary because I think a lot of the way we are functioning in our different groups in our country other countries how this country relates to another country this all gets expanded on out onto the macro level, which is something that I'm really passionate about. Helping people understand how these like faulty brain patterns and priming are making us more, much more divisive than I think we need to be and how we interact with each other. So how can we move into a more soul fish? Right. So 
soulfish, right, is the opposite of this. And I think once you get rid of some of that faulty brain programming that's keeping you toward, like, you have to be this or that, like, get the external validation, do the human thing, or completely martyr yourself because this is what we do, because this is what's going to make you worthy. Once you start to clear away some of that stuff, you start to get in touch with what I want to do, like, soul me that doesn't have anything to do with what I'm, like, people are trying to prime me to believe what Mm. they think is right or wrong. Like, what is it that I want to do? And in that moment when you become more clear in that and you know that it's a path that you have both passion and purpose for, you won't be victim to falling into either of these labels because people are going to label it possibly as selfish along the way just like you're going this is like you're being selfish yeah but really you're being selfish because it's not like you're you're going out of your way just for this like material gain that's trying to make you feel better confidence wise but you have a clear path and you're you're following it and you have confidence to follow that path so offering this alternative to let people know that while other people might not understand it you only have to understand it and I think honestly just knowing that there is another term for a lot of people helps them not feel like they have to be pigeonholed into one or the other we're living beyond the binary guys yeah fuck it totally can we talk about the fifth dimension <laughs> not to take like the hardest right that ever was but String we like theory. mushrooms so. <laughs> i do too um, so you just described my entire high school <laughs> really oh girl me and mushrooms i went to a boarding school and it I just take mushrooms all the time. I'd be that's amazing. Yeah, I'd be tripping at school. I remember tripping in my English class in tenth grade, and my Whoa. teacher was like, "Are you okay?" And I was just like thinking, like, "Oh my god, he knows, he knows." And I was like, "I think I have a fever. I have to go to the nurse." <laughs> oh my god! And I went to the nurse, and I was like, "Whoo!" Dodged a bullet there. His <laughs> eyes looked like they were like this big. Like, are you? I okay? would not have been able to handle that in class. I took them in high school. The last time I took them for like a decade was I was at a party and I took them while really drunk like because it seemed like a really good idea and then I totally projectile vomited on my friends and then in the bathroom and then started tripping my face off and then I didn't touch them again for like a decade because I was like that's not the vibe yeah now yeah I think drinking and mushrooms isn't really they don't don't recommend it but at 17 years old the doctors (laughs) everyone everyone says like mushrooms and pot go really well but I don't agree weed gives me anxiety Always has. Yeah. So, okay. Anyways, yeah. mushrooms. Sidebar. Um, Left, then to right. Because you talk about this. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that you were doing mushrooms in high school. The fact that you've gotten to this consciousness. And peyote. Yeah, and makes perfect yeah. sense to me. <laughs> and San Pedro. Now everything has been <laughs> clarified. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how do you use But like, in a that, totally grounded way. Totally. Look, yeah. I'm... We're proponents of of the experience. I'm not saying like you were a drug addict. I know. And that's why you're now a healer. Like that's not what I'm saying at all. Totes, but I got it. when you don't live in the reality, that's like conditioned. Yeah, like all that the blinder, time, the blinder data set reality. Totally. Yeah. Then you're like, whoa, holy shit! Like there's so much more going on. Like that's how you start to form your beliefs. So that's all I mean. I think it's really fucking cool. Thank you. Yeah. So the um, how do you use like I was reading on 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 your site and in your notes and I'm like how is she kind of getting people to like defragment okay so let's go back to the fifth dimensional reality thing so yeah, I feel yeah. like one gets to the other to the other yeah, yeah. Sure. by the way this is the weird part right yeah that was like, there's so quotes. many different layers of the weird take us I don't, weird we'll, we're ready to go okay. we're down we're down the rabbit hole great fantastic so people I think they're they're aware of you know what one-dimensional to two-dimensional to three-dimensional be, right? Like, we live in a 3D world, right? Like, I can touch the microphone. I We see shapes that you can go... If you were the shape, you could go up, down, 
left to right, side to side, on the diagonals, right? Carl Sagan, if anyone that's listening to this wants to go Google it, it's it's a good time. It's like a six, late 60s, early 70s good time on YouTube. Oh, yeah. We've, um, we've had that rabbit YouTube rabbit hole, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so Carl exciting. Sagan tries to describe how something shifts from like 1D to 2D to 3D to 4D and beyond, right? So let's say he uses this description of what he calls the flatlanders, right? And he's got like a table and he's got these paper cut shapes, right? So he's got like a circle and a square and they're all just kind of like moving around but they can't go up or down because they're flat. They can only go front, back, side to side, right? So, like, up doesn't exist to them, up and down, because they're just flat. So, all of a sudden, a three-dimensional object flies over them. And they're like, huh, flatlanders. Hmm, let's observe them for a little while. But because flatlanders only understand the concept of being flat, when they look up at this now circular three-dimensional object, what are they going to see? They're going to explode. <laughs> well, no, they're probably the not bottom. even going to perceive it, right? They're just going to perceive a cross section, a yeah. circle, because that's what they have in their head. So they look up and they're like, hmm, there's a there's a circle. That's weird because it's something outside of their data set of information, right? Right. So that's very much like we're in a three-dimensional reality and certain people are able to talk to other spirits and see other people. Not we don't. Most of us don't have the brain capacity to see into another dimension but some of us certainly do and I've met with a lot of them worked with a lot of them and as you start to dig deeper and work like break or anything that kind of takes the blinders off and removes some of these deeper seated fear patterns oftentimes those pieces of the brain start to fire and wake up and then you're like oh god things are getting really weird and things get continually more weird if you look at something like string theory string theory proposes that we have up to 10 dimensions so if you we go back to the directions again, like for somebody that's in the flatland, they can go front, back, side to side and on the diagonals, but there's no up or down, right? Then we go to three dimension, you can go up or down. Then when you go to fourth dimension, right, which is time, and we, I mean, time being cyclical is a thing that I'm sure some of your listeners are clear on, but we won't go too deep into it. But then all of a sudden you have, you've got more, you've got <laughs> more like options. This is a whole other It's like episode. a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> I gave a lecture on the space-time continuum, and I think most people will have to, like, pick their job off where they're like, okay, I'm going to try to not shit my pants right now. <laughs> Everyone hop in your DeLorean. <laughs> Let's get this going. <laughs> that would be rad. Okay, so fourth so dimension then, is time. I did not know that. So then you've got more options, right? It's not just, like, front, back, side to side, right? It's cyclical. It's everything's happening simultaneously, right? right. Sure the space-time continuum so then everything's happening at the same time so then you go out one more and if you just imagine every option that you have to travel within that dimension gets exponentially bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where I think in string theory when you look at to like the 10th dimension it's like infinite directions with like infinite alternate something that there's some like formula where it's like basically like infinity by infinity by infinity by infinity so Carl Sagan in this video basically shows himself with like a mirror right and he's looking at himself in the mirror and then he's like imagine when you go from fourth to fifth dimension imagine like a hexagon right you're standing in the middle of the hexagon and every single side of the hexagon is a mirror facing you right if you were to go turn your body diagonally and look into the corner you would see like infinite literally I mean you would see so many versions of that just by looking into that one corner and that's effectively what happens with your like new places that you can go as you expand from one to the next to the next and then the 10th dimension being that kind of like 
infinite it wouldn't be a hexagon it would be like infinite sided hexagon with infinite possible you know whatever right my brain exploded so just now. do you Ugh. use this as a way to like kind of explain scare people yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay thank you so much for coming you know? to like continue the work yes. try not to lose yourself yeah like, no but as a way to explain like say elizabeth and i are like oh we have a podcast and we but we can't expand it because of X, Y, and Z and because we have this like cap on our whatever dimension of reality that we're seeing, we don't we can't for some reason see like the next possibility. Like mm-hmm. so would this be the way that you would explain slash guide people towards I'm gonna put this in air quotes, like a manifestation type experience. I'm so glad you put that in air quotes. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of we're, like off that word. Yeah, we're not off the word. But like yeah. I mean, that's why when I said it earlier, I mean I mean like in reality, like the things that are actually transparent. Right. But it's like yeah. so where you can reach into like another part of your experience and be like, oh time it's over there and I can pull it back in. So I think the best way to hit what you're asking, which is a complicated question that I it don't is really complicated. Know what I'm, I'm doing asking. my best to like straight shoot that question to yeah. a place that's digestible. Yeah. Well, I'm. I mean, I'm in. I don't know what dimension I'm in. I know I none question. of us do. <laughs> so, when we start to look for things like finding alternate solutions to things, yeah. you know, I don't know that that's so much like a. I need to like project myself to another. You know, like even I don't even think the dimensional conversation needs to exist to find a new way to solve that. Right via something like this so I teach something that I call either directed writing or directed meditation there's two different versions of it because I think and I we it kind of goes in line with the like your story actually holds like all of you prisoner Mm -hmm. everything that you tell yourself in the same way like journaling does the same thing like journaling is your bullshit story out on the page right so journaling is a lot of the way to actually hold on to that emotional wound versus directed writing which is like tapping into this stream of consciousness or directed meditation which instead of like I am nothing we are nothing I'm gonna just do nothing Mm -hmm. right why not use that connectivity as a time to ask for answers to things and send out signals, right? And Mm. your signals could be manifestation. They could be prayers. Whatever it is that you want to send out, which I think is best posed in a question, right? Every if once you know what you want to do with your life and you've gotten all those fear messages out, now you're like, holy shit, let's dance. Like I know exactly what I want to do. So every time you're able to meditate, that's a time that you can actually use your brain antenna. Like I love how many people talk about the chakra system and they're not acknowledging that it is an energetic Taurus and it is a receiver and transmitter. That's Taurus T O R U S. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Tell us about that. It is it is a self-sustaining energetic system, right? Okay. It kind of, if you were to merge like an infinity sign with a donut, an infinite okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's able to generate its own energy, cool. right? So it, it is its own self-sustaining form of free energy and it exists in all living things. But if we look at something like the Taurus and the chakra system, right? our bodies are able to receive messages and send messages. And when we're all programmed into fear, everything goes down to our root chakra and we get stuck in just straight up survival instincts. So we're obviously not asking for things or sending out messages. But once we get to kind of this new place where now we've gotten rid of that fear patterning and we're starting to realize that we actually have this power, when you use something like directed meditation and you're very clear on what you are asking for, and I... I'm glad that you brought up the thing about manifestation because I really do believe that that has to be backed up with, like, physical action. It's not like, I'm going to sit here on my couch eating potato chips and become the president of the United States. Like, sure Sure, you are. Right. I'm sure. But 
if you start to use something like this, where you're <laughs> actually like, you get about it. <laughs> you and your potato chips are going to run for the president. I, I mean, mean, at this point, that's what happened. <laughs> Have you read about his diet? Oops, plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> He's apparently really good at manifestation. Yeah. We should learn. But like him. in a really dark way. So when we start to realize that we are able to very clearly send out like basically like a god SOS like SOS I need this tool I need this person I need to see what this looks like and how I Mm. get there we're able to receive that message very clearly once we get rid of some of this stuff because that's what human beings do and we've lost touch with that and are we getting those messages from other dimensions absolutely I'm not gonna lie to you every business that I've ever created I've had this gift since I was maybe 19 years old I've seen it completed, like, down to... And I have a photographic memory, so I've seen, like, the logo, the people, to the point where, like, I'll have the vision for it 10 years before it happens, then I'll meet the person and be like, holy shit, this happened. And it happens exactly the way that I see it out in the future. But it's always been through something like this, where it's like, I know that I am a receiver and a transmitter, and I know what I want, because I'm not operating in this kind of, like, childhood fear. And I, I get it. And it's not necessarily through manifestation the way we're taught to believe in manifestation because I think that's really passive but it's like a I'm asking for something I'm getting the answer and then I'm fucking getting to work on it putting so, that into action so in my how life. I really mm. like what you're saying about like meditating not passively how can for those of us who have a meditation practice currently how can we kind of like shift the thinking within that so I would say get clear on what you want to tap into right like what instead of just letting it be this like again this like nothing nothing I'm gonna think about nothing right which is fine and and is serves a purpose yeah it totally it can serve a purpose I'm just saying that also could be used as a really positive transformational tool for you and I I do believe that at its core that is what the brain and chakra system is meant to do and it's something that I think a lot of people are missing out on so really just Picking a topic of inquiry, it might not need to actually be something specific. It might be a general area of inquiry. Um, in Break Method, we have we kind of lay out the different times that they're doing directed meditation or directed writing, kind of lay out the topics. Because people have these like mind-blowing experiences where they come out and they're like, oh my god. I, I, mean, I started to, I just asked, I want to figure out where my anger around this specific thing comes from, going to meditation, and then all of a sudden they've got a clear picture of this one time when they were four that they've never thought of any other time. And it's just, the brain is like, oh, okay, you want to look for this? Like, serving up the, the data now, <laughs> here you files. go, like, pulling yeah. up the files. But your brain can do that, and that's, I think, a really ideal time to do that. I I'm feel like on we that. just barely scratched the yeah, surface with your knowledge base, but... um really this has been such a fun conversation thank you so much girls this was rad thank you and tell our listeners where they can find you so you can find information on the break method at just breakmethod.com we have a really funny instagram account for break method where we kind of poke fun in a loving but harsh way at people's emotional problems with the hashtag you need break like the letter u because I think a lot of people, we have this like meme culture where people can like look at that and be like, oh yeah, that shit's crazy. And I totally do that. But then like in the moment you're like, I don't do that. And it's like, but you can acknowledge it when you look at a meme. Right. If you can spot it, you got it. Totally. <laughs> so we try to keep it, we keep it funny over there, you know, but obviously with this hopefully moment of acknowledgement from your side of your brain, that's like, yeah, it's kind of me. I kind of do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome that's a good segue I think to understand the method of break because I definitely mix humor in 
to a lot of what I do. Everyone says that my teaching is also stand-up comedy, so the comedian in me recognizes the comedian in you. <laughs> Namaste. 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 <laughs> so that's breakmethod.com. You can also check me out at busygold.com, B-I-Z-Z-I-E-G-O-L-D.com. That just has information because I, I speak about a bunch of things that aren't necessarily like just break related, but break is a program that really, whether you've had severe trauma or you're dealing with debilitating anxiety or you just are having trouble figuring out what career change to make, it doesn't matter what your life looks like on paper or how broken you perceive yourself to be. Even the most boss ass bitches that have come to my program have been like, I didn't think I could level up, but look at me now, you know? So it's for everybody. And uh, then if you want to check out bootyyoga.com, it's B-U-T-I-Y-O-G-A.com. And then one more. I'm, op- I'm opening up the studio in New York at the end of April, and that's B-M-V-M-N-T.com. So B-movement. Cool. And then golden ratio is mygoldenratio.com. See, I got to sell some of these yeah, businesses. No, it's too yeah. much. It's just no one can handle Streamline. that. Streamline. Streamline. I have a great corporate team, and like everyone works on all the businesses together, so it is more cohesive on the back end than it seems. But Beautiful. Well, yeah. this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Thanks Busy. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Bye. Bye. Yes, that's a retrograde. Today's episode of That's So Retrograde is brought to you by our friends over at Lola. Lola is a female-founded company for females. Ooh. Imagine that. Oh, my God. Move over, man who invented tampons, then soaked them in bleach. No, thank you. Lola's period products are 100% natural. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, what? Did you know that the FDA does not require brands to provide a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products, so most of them just don't? I did know that, and it disgusts me. It's so gross because most major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients and chemical cleansing agents to put into your most sacred zone. Yikes. Lola products, however, are just 100% organic cotton Ooh. and lola is a subscription tampon delivery service they also have pads and other stuff too that you can tailor to your unique bleed needs That's hashtag hashtag bleed needs <laughs> i have so many bleed needs it's the my, my neediest time some might say and their subscription is fully customizable so that you can choose your perfect mix of absorbency your number of boxes and frequency of delivery you can build the box of 18 tampons or 12 pads to correspond with the needs of your personal flow. Ooh. You know, I'm just really obsessed with this because I love never having to think about buying tampons again. Because like before I was a Lola subscriber, my period would come and I'd be like, you again? Same. It was like, oh, yeah, this thing, this old unfriend wait a month has gone by and now i'm like oh you again yeah i know what to do for this i've got a drawer with all this stuff from lola right in there it's handled no stress yeah so handled so if you guys want to get it handled yourself head over to mylola.com use the promo code retrograde and get 40 percent off all your subscription needs that's just how much we love you and your uteruses ladies we've got a special code of retrograde for 40% off your subscription to Lola Tampons. First box. Yep. MyLola.com. Namaste, putting good things in all your good holes. <laughs>
Oh, wow. It's it's a rosy time right now. Do tell. Well, I feel like all I really want to do is shout out all the things I'm eating and drinking. <laughs> By all means. Um, okay. So Spotlight is on your consumption. Okay. Go. First of all, can we talk about those Rickaroons that were sent to you? Yes. Tell me where these came from. I'm obsessed with a them. A listener's boyfriend or significant other. Oh, my God. We need more. Has... Um, yeah. I love them so much. I ate two in one day. They're at one point. really good. I had one and then I realized they were full of almonds. And then oh, I was sad. like, Do you have oh, more? Yeah. yeah, you want them? Yes. Yeah. They're delicious. Uh, oh my God. I live for Rickaroons. So they're like a they're like a healthy macaron oh scenario. They're so great snack on the go. Good. I'm obsessed. Thanks to Rickaroons. Okay. My second shout out to food is Siete Grain Free Brand. You guys are the fucking tits. Thank you so much. I have got really obsessed with the wraps when I was on Whole30 because it's like yeah. basically eating a sandwich. Let me ask you this about that. Ask me. The Whole30 in the book, yeah. they say that you're not supposed to have like anything. Like you're not supposed to have like a, for instance, like a wrap because it resembles food. Are you like not? I'm not on board with that So part they of say it. like. You're not supposed to have like desserts or or like a fake ice cream or like even if it's Whole30 compliant, you're not supposed to do that because you're training your brain. But see, I didn't go on Whole30 because I needed to train my brain out of like bad eating habits, like in terms of emotional eating. I'm not an emotional eater like that. I went on Whole30 because I was addicted to eating the wrong things because I started eating gluten again Mm -hmm. six months ago. So that's why I did it. I don't have like a thing where after I eat dinner, I have to have dessert. Like I don't have that kind of like, I've never been an emotional eater. My mom and dad used to make fun of me as a kid because I was like, I just ate to live. I didn't like live to eat. And that was like different for my family. So with that stuff, it's like, I understand where they're coming from. But for me, I was just like, that's not part of it. So I just wanted to get your take on the yeah. wrap thing. Because I already, I love the Sieta They're wraps. So They're so like my fave. For me, it's like, it helped me make a hearty lunch where I would have like, you know, turkey burger chopped up in the wrap with yeah. romaine and like a little bit of salsa verde. And it's like, it's fucking delicious. For those of you guys who don't know, they of, use a cassava flour, yeah. which is a root, yeah. I believe. So um, th- it's able to kind of like form into like a chip. And you can- a tortilla-esque chip. With the wrap. tortilla wrap. You can put them on your skillet with like a tiny bit of oil for like two minutes, not even, and they soften up and it like oh, yeah. literally turns into and a And then I'll spray it with a little uh, Chosen Foods avocado oil mm-hmm. spray and mm-hmm. then put the Trader Joe's everything bagel seasoning yeah. on top and then you're living your absolute it's best so life. It's so good. That's interesting about the about the about what they what they describe in terms of the Whole30 thing, but I kind of, if I may take liberties with this wildly successful and popular diet, I kind of feel the opposite where I'm like, wouldn't you want to show your body that you can eat normally in a healthy way? You know, that was kind of what it was like for me where it's like, I want to eat things like sandwiches because now I don't feel like I'm depriving myself of things like sandwiches. I think it's really more in the, in the realm of the dessert world. Right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have dessert on the diet at all. The Rickaroon was the first sweet thing that I had. And that was on day 30 or something. Um, So then they sent me a bunch of wraps and chips. I fucking love you guys. Thank you. And the chips, the lime ones are my absolute favorite. They taste just like. I like the nacho. Oh, you do? Those are my favorite. Because I like that the seasoning. I have an extra bag. I'll give it to you. I like that the seasoning is not like addicty. Like it's not too salty. You can like have it and put it down. Whereas oftentimes with chips, they'll like seasoning. And that's what you're. Yeah, it's so gravy, salty. And then you're like, can't stop. 
Should we shout out Khalifa Farms? <laughs> you guys sent us a lot of almond milk. We've basically provided almond milk to the entire city of West we Hollywood. Might need, like I literally was like, I don't have the fridge capability for <laughs> to maintain um, the freshness of this. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I think it was as a byproduct of the tonic I love to make with their cold so brew. So funny. So funny. The, um, protein, the, the pick-me-up protein collagen, uh, you know, party that I like to make with my little whisk. Yeah. Which was so nice. And um, thank you. And I feel like this conversation is super relatable when okay. it comes to well, the we love stuff you guys. we got sent. We're so thankful. Okay, my, my one last thing, maybe two things. Okay, uh... You know what? I'll skip the the thing about the gua sha. We'll talk about that next time. Okay. Some of you guys might have seen my Instagram story. I started using gua sha, and if you want to know the more gua about sha that, technique. Um, we will talk about that next week. But I just wanted to shout out two live shows that I'm going to be a part of. If you guys yeah. want to come on May 10th, um, I will be co-hosting my friend Sandy Danto's show, Watch Me Chill. Um, at I believe the Hollywood Improv, but I'll post about that. Basically, it's a show where my friend, uh, our friend, chills. Sandy and hard. I grew up together, so yeah, know, we've known each other a minute. Sorry, <laughs> we grew up in comedy together, so I forget that <laughs> there's a whole other world. Um, basically, he sits on a couch and chills hard and like eats popsicles, and then there's like a video slideshow component, and Avery Pearson plays. The keyboard and it's just like comedy and fun and i'm gonna be like his um you know side piece? sidekick side piece yeah i'm his thirsty side piece and then on may 12th at dynasty typewriter i'll be doing a show called my diary where i'll be reading a segment from my diary for comedy i love that so can't wait they did that on vanderpump rules they did. The oh that's right there. oh my, that's always, the show why does it always go wow. back to vpr full circle darkness um, um okay. on that dynasty typewriter tip yeah. can i shout out Joey's show, please. May twenty first. Yeah, in conversations with music with the in one in conversation only with music. Joey Greer, my love. Um, they his have last they show, have we have sex. <laughs> um, his last show was. I mean, Vanessa Chester was laughing so hard she was crying. I've never. <laughs> so if you guys want a fun show, um, we'll be there. How turned on were you that your boyfriend is such a Beyond. star? <laughs> I can't even talk about it. It's crazy. Um, okay, my thorns. My okay. I'll do a rose three days into a whole 30. Yeah. Feeling good, feeling great. Mm -hmm. uh, I just thought I would give an opportunity, use this. Maybe then as I'm doing it, I'll just share some things that I'm discovering along the way. Cute. Um, a really great blog called No Crumbs Left. The woman is out of Chicago. Her name is Terry Turner. Ooh. Like, I would say her recipes give me like an Ina vibe on whole 30, which I find some of the blogs, no shade, but some of the blogs are very just like, they just look really healthy. Like the food recipes, they're just like, this is our food and this is what we've packaged for the week and da-da-da-da, which is cool. I get that. It's super tactile, but I like pretty. Mm -hmm. I'm a Taurus. Mm -hmm. so You're vain, according to Amber. I sure am. Um, and so no crumbs left. Check her out on Instagram and her it blog. It is really beautiful. It's really beautiful. And then something that I watched um, that I thought is very so retrograde appropriate is a is a documentary that just came out on hulu called tiny shoulders rethinking barbie mm. it is a mix between following the 59 years of barbie throughout history um as well as the team that is rebranding her and it's just a really uh deeply polarizing conversation on so many levels it's like on one level it's just a doll and then 
on another level, there's so much that that doll represents in mm -hmm. our psyche and yeah. our upbringing and the female uh, experience. And uh, I was it was one of those like throwaway things I just put on while I was doing some organizing around my house and got extremely sucked into. Got you just like crying. Yes, <laughs> full on. Um, so I recommend that. And then my thorn would be. Ooh man, you guys! I I've gone really deep. Ooh man, I've gone really deep. I'm on a second phase of the purge. I mean, this has been going on for this months. This has been going on for months. So no um, wonder why you're frustrated. Frustrated? Yeah, with the purge. It's take. Well, I think here's one thing I've realized: if this <laughs> frustrated, this it's your thorn, time, right? No, <laughs> but the thorn is that um, I, I think that it comes in phases. So I'd really done a major purge as I've documented on this show. Um, and then I had a feng shui uh, specialist come in. Her name's Megan James. She's unbelievable. She kind of came through and looked at my house and was like, you need to get rid of everything like full on because I explained to her like what I want the feeling to be. And there's just like a lot of stuff. I've been there for eight years. It's a lot of mm -hmm. things. So um, my landlord, apparently in West Hollywood, every four years, they're supposed to paint your apartment. Oh, fun. I didn't know that. Interesting. Now that I know, eight years later, it's happening. So then and as a result, everything out of every crevice had to be, you know, upheaved again. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the depths of that. But and I had this epiphany of that, like the purging stuff is just like, it's a lot. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of just like actual doing and making the time to do that. And it was really funny because I have so much sticky energy around it and my old business was helping people get rid of things. That's what Closet Rich was. It yeah. was a place for people to send their old clothes, whether we sold it on the website or donated it to charity. And I'm like, does anyone have a Closet Rich for me right now? Well, it's, of course, more difficult when you are doing it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. Maybe you can channel your old self. My very discerning, just like, get rid of yeah, it. Yeah. Like it's, I, mean, I am. I'm getting there. It's really just like... um. There's just a lot of emotional attachment that I didn't realize existed. It's been really, really fascinating, but it's coming along. And let me tell you, a new coat of paint makes it look new. Makes it look new, guys. Okay, can I tell you my thorn and then we'll get the fuck out of here? Hell yes. Okay, this is a thorn that is a thorny ass motherfucking oh. thorn. Okay, so I haven't even told you this. So I had to get a new phone because the microphone on my old phone was broken. So I couldn't like make videos and which I didn't even really care about like for the Instagram of it all because I could still make like regular videos. But what made me need to get a new phone is I did a reading with Remington Donovan. Shout out to Remington who's a Love you, goddamn Remington. fucking angel reader. So much. Unbelievable talent. And I recorded it as I do with all readings and like writing meetings, everything I just record so that I can go back and listen or like take notes. And I went to go listen to it and nothing had recorded. It was just it, it felt it sounded like someone had put a pillow over the microphone. So I was like, fuck, now I have to get a new phone. So I go to AT&T and they're like, oh, you have insurance. Great. They're like, no problem. They'll send you a new phone. 24 hours. Done deal. I'm like, mm -hmm. perfect. That was easy. AT&T sends me a new phone. It was acting kind of weird when I got it, but then I thought, oh, I need to upgrade the software. So I upgraded. And then a day later, I realized that it was like sticking when I would text and like it was not, it would like free. It was just was like weird. So then we went away to camped out. Thank you guys so much. And then it's a, t a place like, can we just say it camped out is really quick. Yeah. It's these amazing glamorous uh, glamping. Yeah. No. Luxury tents. Let's yeah. call it that. I yeah. hate the word glamping. It does I feel sound like, a housewife. like there's rhinestones involved. Uh, yeah. 
Um, and they'll bring the tent, the tents anywhere. Yeah, it's really so really you can, cool. Like, they'll come bring the setup. It was really dope. So we went to Joshua Tree for that. And I was getting so frustrated on the way home because my phone wasn't working. And I'm just like, I can't fucking deal with this. So I went to the Apple store on a Sunday. You got which so mad. I got so mad. Elizabeth was so scared. I don't like it when Steph gets upset. It's because I'm chill normally. But when I get upset, it's, my emotions are, scary. it's a lot. It's intense. I can get intense. <laughs> so, no way. I can get kind of intense. <laughs> so uh, I go to the Apple store. I'm like, okay, I'm in this. I'm patient. I wait an hour. I realized that I had an old pair of Madewell pants in my car so I, that I needed to exchange. So I like got new pants. I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. Madewell jeans. They're the best jeans. It was great. I like exchanged them. I also like I'm donating donating a pair, getting money. It's all happening. Yeah. I was like, this isn't that bad. Finally, I get help from Apple. And they're like, oh, after an hour and a half, by the way, they're like, oh, we can't do anything. This phone has corrupted software. I'm like, can you give me a new one? They're like, oh, no, you have to go through insurance. Maybe try to go back to AT&T. So then I go back to AT&T and they're like, yeah, there's like nothing we can do. You have to now go through the insurance again. I'm like, I have to go through the insurance again. Did you do your insurance through AT&T or through Apple? It's it's AT&T Insurance Assurion. Okay. So it's not Apple Care. It's like phone insurance. Right. Which I don't even know if there's a difference. Yeah. So there's, if you get your phone through Apple itself, that's like one program. And if you do it through your provider, it's another program. Okay. Well, moving forward. Do it through Apple. Do it through Apple. I researched this really hard because Because I recently became an iPhone user. Wait till you hear, uh, Wait till you hear what happens next. This I'm is on why the edge of my thorny This is why seat. you do not go through a Shurion. Okay. And I will call you motherfuckers out because this is crazy. So I go, okay, fine. I get on the phone with her. She, the guy at AT&T is like, do not buy a new phone. You're going to be doing like $40 payments once a month for the next two years to buy this phone. Just get it through insurance. It's cost effective. It won't take that long. I'm like, fine. I can wait 24 more hours for this. Okay, so I get the phone sent to me. It, I, I request a new phone because this one was like refurbished and the guy's like, request a new one and they'll send you a new one. So I'm like, okay, great. This guy, Dave, at the AT&T store in La Brea is like the fucking sweetest person in the world because I came in hot, guns blazing. I can imagine. And he talked me off my ledge. He was so sweet. He's like from Brooklyn. He like got my vibe right away and just was like, I'm going to help you. Get a new phone. Comes to me yesterday. I'm like excited. I go to, back to Dave because I'm like, you can help me transfer everything, change the SIM card. It's going to be like a done deal. I have to wait like an hour and a half for my iCloud to back up, which was fine. Dave was cool to hang out with. We watched Kanye videos and like Giannis Papas videos. And it was really fun in AT&T for a second. Hooks me up. For a second. Hooks me <laughs> up. Lit. I leave AT&T and I notice that the bars on my phone, I'm not getting like LTE or wireless service. And I'm like... What is happening? I'm like, now what? So then I go to like call Dave back and the the message I get in my phone is that this phone is not able, is restricted from ever accessing the network. So I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? So luckily I'm with our friend. I use her phone to call AT&T. I give him the SKU number of the new phone and they're like, oh yeah, you can't use that phone. It's a stolen phone that's been put on the blacklist and is restricted what from ever being used which means that the insurance provider sold me a stolen phone what (laughs) like what do you mean like you guys are you guys are like re you guys are finding stolen phones that are on the blacklist Uh, you're getting phones off the back of a truck like how is this working like what kind of fucking backdoor insurance operation are you Ashurian? So then he's like, sorry, I need you to wait 24 more hours. 
call back in 24 hours and then maybe your phone will be off the blacklist. And I'm like, wait, you're telling me that I can't have a phone for 24 hours? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. So I'm like, what are you going to do for me? How are you going to make this right? And he's just like, I'm going to get your phone off the blacklist. I'm just like, that's what you have to do. So good thing I was like with Mitch and Justine yeah. and had this old shitty corrupt phone. So Mitch was able to like take the fucking SIM card out. You know, there's a little like trick yeah. or whatever. I still don't have my new phone. And I'm trying to keep this all in perspective, by the way. I'm like, these phones are made by children in Bangladesh for 14 cents a minute. And like they're getting is, paid by the minute. I mean, I don't even know how much. 14 cents an hour. <laughs> I don't even know. It's like so sad and so dark how we even get an iPhone. It's like the worst, most terrible thing to think about. So I'm like trying to keep this in perspective the whole time. Right. But like for some reason, the perspective is not making it any easier because now this is the third phone and I have to send them both. It's just like what's happening. It's all going back to the flip phone. Explain to me Get why a Asurion, razor. honestly, why is Asurion, uh stocking their shelves with stolen phones is the question that I need answering. Unclear. I'm sweating telling this story. I know, I know it's like not no. the greatest story because there's not a punchline. No, it's. But it's just like the most crazy runaround. It's not even retrograde. That's what I was going to say. And then Justine got stoned last night and I'm just like, why is this happening to me? She's like, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's giving you something to do. I'm like, what? I have plenty of things to do. Like, this is not how I need to be spending my time. I wonder time. what the lesson is. It'll come forth. That's what come I was... Come forth, lesson. I feel like it's maybe one of those things where, you know how, like, I was having a hard time with Rent the Runway because I couldn't, like, send things back? Oh, yeah. So maybe this is me, like, learning to, like, use my executive function. That could be it. I, That's I a good one. You know, maybe. That's a great one. So I'm trying that on for size. Well, what a thorny runaround I from mean, AT&T. And what is it? Asurian? Asurian. Asurian. Fuck you guys. Not assured. Also, by you. like, fuck off. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Um. Also. <laughs> it's a long story. This is a non-fuck off yeah. to. Non-fuck off. The opposite of a fuck off would be an invitation to. Come to our May 19th, Ugh. Four Moons. Thank you for bringing that up because I'm It's really stressed. shaping up to be something quite spectacular. We're actually almost sold out. Mm -hmm. So um, get on that. There's a link on our events page and on our Instagram bio. Should we tell them who we talked to today? Who's going to be there? Yeah. Okay. So guys, if you recall, we recorded an episode a few months ago with the organic seller, wine seller, the biodynamic peeps, and they're going to be pouring at the event no big so come also through. also mentioned in this episode we'll give there's so many fun things yeah. but also remington donovan's gonna be there giving speed reads. speed readings which you guys i'm hard for Steph that gave me a reading with him for my Ooh. birthday and it was phenomenal yeah he's special um what a great show mm -hmm. busy gold what a cool interview loved it loved it love everything she's putting out into the world um if you guys love what we're putting out in the world do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate that oh also, so greatly. Tell a friend. That's a good one. I like that. Tell a friend. Yeah. Change their life. Don't tell you guys a think we deserve to have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram by the end of twenty eighteen? I'd rather have a hundred thousand listeners. Who cares? Followers or listeners? It's all the same thing. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm Elizabeth Cott. I'm Falcon. Namaste listening. Bye. Yes, that's a retrograde.